This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Morning. This is Frida Liu. You're listening to Open for Business. As the world grows increasingly connected, the distance and boundaries that used to separate us are becoming a thing of the past. This is especially so in the financial sector, as the fintech industry played a crucial role in enabling services such as mobile banking, payments, and investments. We're here with Owen Chen, Group CEO of Neurogen, to hear how the company is bridging commerce, consumer, and society in Asia Pacific. Good morning, Owen. Good morning, Freda. And before we go into what your business does, right, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, first of all, I'd like to thank BFM for having me today. And second, I want to thank KPMG and SHBC for recognizing and uh, New Regime has one of the potential unicorn, one of the Malaysia leading top 10 uh, emerging giants. So about myself, uh, I've grown since 2014 and become a cluster of companies. Uh, has a financial uh, technologies fintech and a blockchain. Uh, we have grown from learning quickly from our mistakes, uh, adjust, uh, redefine, and improve our skills, technologies, and we are seeing uh, growth in various ways. When our people uh, in the habit to hurdle, to share, to uh, reflect, to learn to each other, I know our company heading in the right directions, and I agree with your mantra, uh, Federa. Uh, be better, not better. Oh, wow. Okay. In the seven years that you've been around, how has the company changed? Well, we started with three strong believers. We started with a lot of unknown uh, territory. And we know we wanted to change through our experience of using the services in the banking industries. Through our experiencing and our frustrations, and we wanted to improve it uh, by putting our words uh, into the work. Uh, so there's a lot of convincing, uh, dro- going to a drawing board. Uh, sometimes it's uh, frustrations and disappointing, but we stay with our cost and commitment uh, to along this seven years journey. Right. So how does your business operate? What's the business model? The, the business model, we have uh, three characteristics of a business model. Number one, we always pitch for the readiness, okay? So readiness is very important when it comes to banks who want to go and launch a product uh, timely and go to the market. So readiness, what we do is we usually give a template for them to reference, something they can see, they can feel and touch to actually connect directly to what they want instead of giving a, a slight swear as something they imaginary. It's very difficult for them to apprehend and comprehend what we're trying to explain and solve the problems. The second thing is we offer a rapid integration adoptions. In typical banking environment, they have an old legacy system, right? And also they have a new system that people are going to, or the banks are going for digital banking product and services. So when you have this integration, you have, you need to making sure the old system understand the new systems. You need to translate, you transform and convert Okay, typically in the banking environment to do this, it takes about six months. But with our readiness module adoptions, we reduce that to one month. Right. And the third one is a SaaS model, software as a service. 
Now, service to services, we offer a very low set of fee for the bank to start. It can be a big bank, mid-sized bank, a small bank. So it's very easy for them to meet their the budget, their cash flow, and shouldn't meet their total cost of ownership. And the customer love that, right? Customer says, okay. So the SaaS model now advantage that you pay as it grow, right? It doesn't have to say, I need to buy a one million account holder license first. When you need, I started only 100. So we actually right. pays for the customer business. Right. So, so yours is very much a B2B uh, business. Yes, B2B. We, we believe in uh, working with the banks, not compete with the banks. Yeah. Right. Okay. So did things uh, speed up during the pandemic? Well, pandemic taught us a lot of things. Uh, pandemics has been uh, making the financial industry to be uh, cheaper, uh, more efficient and more convenient. So yeah, it's actually speed up a lot of. Uh, we do a lot of uh, saving our slivers. I explained that digital digitization is the way to go. Yeah. Right. How how big is your team at the moment? Well, right now we have we grew up to ten folks. Now we have thirty. We based in Kota uh, Namsa and Labuan. Yeah. Speaking of Labuan, tell me a bit more about that. You deal with money broking, credit token, and payment system activities, right? And and I guess Labuan because of the offshore banking features. Yes, yes, offshore banking, especially target outside Malaysian market. Okay, so even coming into this business seven years ago, right? What was what were the barriers to entry? Many. Uh, first of all, in I came from a, a electrical engineer and software engineer, mostly in the telco uh, industry, telecommunication industries. So even though I can present my uh, know-how, experience in programming, they're soon known as SAPAS as a banking industries. Mm-hmm. Reason why? Because you need to understand the risk adverse of the banking industries. You need to you need to understand uh, lots of certifications. So when you talk to bank, even though you're very high skilled in the programming, doesn't mean you're qualified to work in a bank or deliver the, the software or services to the banks. So first thing they ask you, have you done service in the bank? Obviously, we are not, right? We just know that we want to move you guys to the fintech. But you got a lot of resistance that you have this and not that. And the last thing is that, are you certified? So I have to go through those certifications, go and get license in Lab 1, uh, write tons of uh, documentation that we can do the, the services. We can uh, we can as good as pre-service as a bank. And I have to myself to go and take the exam. You know, at, at 51 years old, I have to take exam as a certified anti-money laundering compliant officers in under right. AICB. So yeah, this is a lot of justifications and proof factors to convince the banks to accept us. Right. And your business is beyond Malaysia, right? Yeah, 90 plus percent of business outside Malaysia. Okay. And that was the the plan even from the beginning. Yes. From day one when we design our business model and our architectures uh, be designed for for outside Malaysia. Right. So there's some big names under your client and partners list, which includes uh, Visa, Union Pay, Ericsson, and Binance. Um, how did they come on board as clients? Well, we went to the customer. When customer we saw the customer using those uh, big big brand uh, uh, core bank systems or the, the the equipments or the technologies. Then we had to adopt to their systems. So that's where we start communicating with them, how actually make this thing more seamless. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about uh, how you're actually tied up with University Malaysia Sabah. Uh, tell me about that. 
Well, the one of the license we got is the credit token. Credit tokens is a, a blockchain, a new financial way to raise fund. Uh, completely different from a crowdfunding uh, uh, platform. Uh, so we call it STO. It's called Sec Secure Tokenizations Offering. You, you hear ICO, IEO, and all this jargon, right? I'm not going to confuse that, but STO is very beneficial for for the farmers, small or mid-sized farmers, and the investors. So what we do is we need to connect these two investors and the farmers to be transparent, okay, to be measurable, trackable, and measurable. So what we will be the UMS here is, now if I say, say I write a research paper, which I did, no one will listen, right? So we need a very impartial, independent body. That's why we choose to work with UMS, which actually signed an MOU with them last month in July uh, to do core researching how FinTech helps the agricultural sectors. So at the end of the day, you and me sitting on the table, okay, be eating the food that is food safety and food security, achieve food securities. So right now, we don't know it's only, now it's just that, hey, it's organic. But I don't know what's the content of the organic. Just like you're buying an orange juice today, there's a nutrition table. But today you buy a vegetable in the supermarket or elsewhere. There's a state a word called organic, but you don't know what's the content of the table. So for us, working with the UMS to come out this table, so all of us will say do a, just a scan a QR code before you buy the vegetable from the supermarket. You know what is the uh, content, whether it's a zero pesticide, there's a zero chemical residual, and so forth and so on. So you must be transparent for the consumer and the farmer also must be transparent to the investor. So that's where this STO we work with the UMS, it's a blockchain technology to actually put these two big blocks together to streamline it. Everyone can access to the public domain information. Right. I want to talk a little bit more about that. Why this particular area, right? In just a moment, I'm here with Owen Chen from Neurogene. Stay tuned to Open for Business, BFM 89.9. Be Financially Minded, BFM 89.9. Good morning, this is Frida Liu. You're listening to Open for Business. I'm here with Owen Chen, the Group CEO of Neurogene. Uh, Neurogene has been named as one of the top emerging uh, giants in Malaysia by HSBC and KPMG. Um, and of course, they've been around for seven years. Just a little earlier, you were talking about how you tied up with uh, University of Malaysia Sabah in the area of food security using blockchain. But why this particular area? What well... What we want to know what we're eating on a, on each time we eat on a, the plate of the food that is cooked by you know uh, by my whatever. So you know I I seen after the World War II, 1945, uh, we have a lot of uh, cancer growing rapidly, and we don't know what we're eating. Just to let you know those tauge uh, uh, that you eat, you know the the chicken 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 rice tauge, right? That's a very high mercury. Right, that mercury itself is says we don't know what's the content of mercury that causes. Of course, we don't eat every day, but what about the rest of the garden farming that we're eating today? That your your uh, green onions, 
you know, your cucumbers and so forth and so on. So there are very varieties of things we need to, we need to be cautious what we're eating. So because of that factors, I want to do this research that making sure all of us are eating, uh, achieve food safety and food quality. Right. And I guess the reason I'm asking you is because it is such a, it's so different from your business. So the, so this is just more in a way like a community service. You, how does it link back to your business or not at all? Well, our company is very strong support of SDG. Uh, one of the SGDs here is uh, uh, decent work and economic uh, growth. This is uh, Go 8. And Go 9 is uh, industry innovations and infrastructures. So, no... We're really practicing how to save the earth by using less plastic and a lot more that's non-biodegradable products. So that's, that's other people are doing it. But we are in a fintech, right? We want, since the blockchain is immutable and all data is transparent and it's decentralized and everyone is a stakeholder of what we're eating or whatever planting and, and sell to us. So that's where we put all this to, together that, hey, this makes sense. We really have done the fintech. We really had a making streamline how the old data to become new data and vice versa. And we become making sure that everyone create the data as important as gold. Okay. So that's where I said, hey, if we can do this, why don't we, we make it more, more business applicable? Right. right. That's why we thought about this joint research with the UMS. Right. Oh, I love how you're connecting it with the SDGs and it goes beyond just your business. But I guess when, if everybody moves up the value chain, everybody improves, right? Let's talk about your future plans for Neurogene. Uh, what's in the pipeline? IPO? Always in the mind. Uh, it's part of my, as a group CEO, um, task, task. We're concerned to seek for a good partnership, not just for money itself. So the plan for us, future plan is, because we're doing a lot of frontier technologies, uh, we're working very closely with Silicon Valley people, people from Beijing and Shanghai and in, in Tokyo itself. We constantly talking, changing ideas, how to make it to be more responsible, more accountable of what we do. Uh, so one of the things we do is that we do uh, educate, 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 not just do marketing, uh, do uh, yeah. you know, influencer and this. I don't think that really helps us to do what we do. The second thing is, uh, Build trust. Everything we, we actually onboard the customers is all fully digital. Customers just upload their documents and making sure it's a true the digital signings. There's no leeway for them to fake or, or manipulate the data. So the second thing is how do you make sure that this is trust by the bank, trust by the account holders? Is through certification, right? Say so you've done the independent body, it's not just one, two, or three. So you build confidence through that and you avoid jargons. You want jargons so people to understand, make it very simple for people to digest so people can support and make things happen. So your concerns build trust. The thing is, the future plan is always understanding the problem in the market. Once you know the problem in the markets, then you can put all the pieces together through experience. Even though we don't experience, we'll work with those uh, big uh, big guns like Microsoft or mm-hmm. all these people where she can work with them. That's a channel for us to work with them. So the future plan is very bright. Uh, we think digitalizations and decentralizations and making everyone as stakeholders will be part of our future to continue to embark. Right. You, you talk about funding, right? Um, uh, well, are you looking at raising funding? Are you going through the STO way? 
uh, from the from the license that we have today, we have we have okay. a PSO payment service operators, uh, mine brokers, and credit tokens. We actually want to upgrade our license to investment banking license. That's why we need to raise funds. So raise funds is through through uh, through the equities or uh, through the VCs, or you can raise funds to build a platform for 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 this also. But in order to do this, we need to have you know this this uh, fundamental fund to build the STO right. for the farmers and investors. Right. Okay. So your team, you say you've got thirty people right now. They're all based in Malaysia. All Malaysian. All Malaysian. We have we have fifty nine male, forty nine percent female, uh, one third of the uh, of the uh, decision making uh, team is held by women. Right. Okay, so uh, you were saying that they're largely in Malaysia. So when you're overseas, you work with partners, you work with distributors? Yes, we work with uh, resellers, we work with partners, uh, big giant partners like Microsoft, uh, some of the blockchain providers. Yeah. Okay, then if you look at what's happening with fintech within the next five years, what do you see changing, evolving? Well, one thing is clear right now. Rising fintech has spurred the national regulatory institutions uh, in Malaysia as well as elsewhere across the globe. Uh, the recent pandemic is pushing financial services uh, to be to be cheaper, uh, convenient, and uh, more efficient. And this growth of fintech use uh, will push many of the national regulators, okay, to be more scrutiny. Uh, more vigilance and understand better the major fintech activities. We are seeing a lot of uh, new proliferations uh, technologies, especially like blockchain, uh, cyber defenses, AI, artificial intelligence. Uh, some of them are already maturing and this is going to be a challenging for banks and regulators who are used to perhaps a slower and more deliberate uh, pace. Okay, thanks for, for spending your time. And again, uh, congratulations for being named as one of the top emerging giants in Malaysia by HSB and KPMG. I'm listening to Owen Chen, Group C of Neurogene. You've been listening to Open for Business. I'm Frida Liu, BFM 89.9. You've been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.